friends, welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah Schulten Kranz, a survivor, thriver, adventurer, and believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from handpicked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Live Boldly podcast. Today we are gonna be talking all about self-worth and that is something that is so important, especially if we have been dealing with relational and betrayal trauma, because as we know, um, in when we have been traumatized in this way, our worthiness is something that can really take a hit. And so I think it's a very, very important conversation to have, but not only to have once, but to have multiple times. In my book um, that's going to be released November 10th, Walk Through This, I actually talk about self-worth and self-love. It is step seven within my book, and I go really deep into it um, and really giving a lot of my own uh, experiences on self-worth. Let me tell you, when we work on self-worth, everything grows, our businesses, our lives, our relationships, it is a really important tool to healing. So I want to introduce to you Gail Jones. She is our guest today. Before I do that, I wanna remind you that we do have two Grand Canyon retreats coming up. Lock in your 2020 rates, guys, because it, these are going to be amazing, amazing retreats. We do have one, like I said, in December, another one in January. They are co-ed. Um, we're going to be doing meditating, deep coaching, adventuring, hiking, connecting to self, deep learning. We will be working on self-worth and self-love, but most importantly, which is really cool, you're going to get a copy of my book signed by me, and we will be taking that into the canyon and using that as well. So if this is something that interests you, please DM me, sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one discovery call, and let's see if this is the right fit for you. There's never been a better time to transform your life than right now. So let's talk about Gail. Gail Jones is an intuitive coach and change expert. She has been leading others through transformation for more than 20 years. She is a gift for identifying the hidden limiting beliefs that keep clients feeling stuck and then carefully crafting and customizing the right empowering words to help them move forward. She is the author of two books, Cancer as a Love Story, Developing the Mindset for Living and To Hell and Back, Healing Your Way Through Transition. Gail has taught many leading edge workshops at top spas and well centers. She lives a passionate and simple life, writing, hiking, connecting in meaningful ways, aligning in joyful collaboration and thriving in nature. You're going to love this conversation. Grab your journal because there's a lot to learn. And as I always say, if you can grab your favorite drink and go out in nature, sit your little booty into the earth, lean up against a tree, that's even better. Once again, if you're interested in the Grand Canyon retreats coming up, we are going to end up, we are going to, um, uh, all reservations need to be in by November 8th. Yeah, I think it's the 8th. Reservations need to be in by the 8th of November. So please make sure that you message me ASAP and let's see if it's the right fit for you. I'm so excited to be diving deep in December and January before, um, you know, 2021 really comes into play. So my love to all of you. Enjoy this episode. It is fantastic. Hello, everybody. Today I have on Gail Jones. I am so excited to have you. Um, you were brought to me, brought to my attention 
by a dear friend of mine, Marta. And there's a few reasons that I, which I have not talked to you about this. Um, This is how I work with people. I like to just, you know, have the conversation in the moment. There are a few reasons that I wanted to bring you on. Number one was the fact that you talk so much about worthiness and worthiness is a huge thing uh, for trauma survivors. Um, You know, through the process of going through trauma, worthiness is something that we all know we have a difficult time with in our, in, in not only during the trauma, but also through recovery and then on through our life. It's something I work on every single day, Mm -hmm. every single day. Um, and then the second thing is the breast cancer piece. And I want you to, you to obviously have the platform to talk about this. I almost lost my best friend of, uh, I'm 47 now. Um, she's been my friend for 45 years. We grew up together and, um, I almost lost her to breast cancer and it was one of the most devastating times in my life because it was also right when my life had, um, imploded, if you may, with the discovery of my husband. And so having the thought of losing her on top of losing my marriage and everything else was, it was like, how, what else can happen here? You know? And so I really want to introduce you and we want to talk about three things here. We want to talk about the breast cancer, right? We want to talk about that. We want to talk about worthiness. And then I also wanted to tie in the forgiveness piece. Excellent. Because I think that the forgiveness piece is something that we forget about, right? And about forgiveness sure. itself and forgiveness to, if you make God, universe, spirit, whatever you want to say, um, for a lot of those that are spiritual in this world. So okay. I'm so happy to have you on. I can Well, I am delighted to be here. I absolutely love the name of your podcast, Live yeah. Boldly, for two reasons. One, you have boldly reclaimed your life. Thank and you. I love your adventures, hiking and healing people through hiking. It takes courage to do that work. And also to live boldly is to live from a very inner state of being. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of courage to do the inner work to overcome trauma, to overcome cancer. So they're very, And cancer is a trauma. When you get a, a diagnosis of breast cancer, you're a change forever. Yeah. Uh, you you're totally have to recreate a new normal and a new life from the inside out, which is what you probably help the trauma patients, clients do as well. Yeah, I do. Thank you. So, Thank you. so tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So... I have been a coach for 20 years, and I started making worthiness my key platform in my journey from healing for cancer. So when I got diagnosed with breast cancer in 2012, I did an alternative route, combining alternative and conventional. And I just want to stress to people, whether you do alternative or conventional or both, you still have to do the emotional detox process. And that is what's missing in conventional medicine. Doctors are not trained to do that. And I just want to stop right there and interrupt because you nailed it. You absolutely 100% nailed it. That goes for any trauma recovery because when we, for so many people, they don't realize that the trauma actually sits in ourselves. Right. That is something that then comes forward with us. And we really need to take a look at that. It's only not, it's not only about the physical in terms of the medical, but it's also the emotional aligned with our mental, right? And the spiritual piece as well. Right. Absolutely. It's true healing. Sure. And I'll just say, Dr. Gaber Mate, uh, he's a Canadian MD. He will say that he can tell who's going to get cancer based on their childhood. I was a daughter of a schizophrenic. And I will say to this day that part of the reason I got breast cancer was because I lived in fight or flight most of my life. 
externally, I was a high achiever. I was editor of the college paper. I was a high-tech PR exec. All that driven life was based on unmet needs. And I will often find that in some of my clients who are very driven, that what is their unmet need that is driving them? So you have to go back and heal those unmet needs, whether it's a trauma or a cancer diagnosis. And one of the things that I do differently than other coaches and is I bring in the inner child because the inner child has been traumatized and we have to reparent that inner child to heal our bodies. And I know you know this and I know you do this oh, work as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, but going back to when I was diagnosed with cancer and how that ties into worthiness and to probably your work too, that you do daily around worthiness is when I was doing my alternative route, I had healers place their hands on my body and shake me and say, are you going to declare your worthiness to live? And they shook me, shook me, shook me. And they found that declaring your worthiness to live extends your longevity. Mm. And then I thought, I took a reflection and I thought, well, I'm a coach. How did I, uh, how did this evolve in my life? And then I started looking at all my clients that I coached for several decades. And I saw that most often when clients come to us for coaching, they're in some kind of stressful situation, whether it's a career change, a divorce, or uh, even they want to just create a new life story, second half of life. That's still stressful to do that new journey. Mm-hmm. But underlying the stress is often a lack of worthiness. So if you just guide somebody forward to their new dream, to their new relationship, but you haven't helped them heal the worthiness, they're going to repeat the patterns of the past. Right. So you got to go deep with that work and it's deep work. You know, there's specific things you can do daily, which, you know, I'll talk about a little bit, but that deep work is also done with love and compassion. And those are the words I always use. The fact that we did not have an ideal sense of worthiness is only because it was not conditioned into us those critical first seven years of life or later in life when we were thrown a curveball. Right. So, we got to forgive ourselves immediately. We didn't do anything wrong. We just didn't get it. Yeah. You know, I look back and I have a lot of love and compassion for my mom being a schizophrenic. She was voted most likely to succeed. What a horrific life. But to not have been mothered was really sad. And I had to acknowledge that sadness and go in and tell my own little girl that she deserves to be nurtured. And think of the breast. The breast is nurturance, right? So, of course that would contribute to my getting breast cancer. The other key points about that I know from getting my second opinions from second, second opinion breast surgeon and another major healer in Boston at a leading hospital was that they were seeing a growing trend that the three years before a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, the off the chart stressful years. So again, you have to treat the stresses, not just the disease, right? Mm -hmm. And when I look back in my life, the three years before I got diagnosed off the charts, I'd been through a divorce. I was court mandated to pay a college education that I couldn't pay because of the recession when everything just froze. So every I had been assigned legal guardian of my schizophrenic mom. Like every stressor that could be put on your life was there. Mm -hmm. So when I, um, after I got diagnosed and I went within, And really cried for three weeks on what to do next. And when I chose to decline the radiation and the tamoxifen, I did have the lumpectomy, so I did do the conventional and have it removed. I knew I had to clean up my internal self. Right. 
Right, right. Wow. Wow. There's so much that I want to talk about. The inner child piece is huge. Mm-hmm. And I and I um I know for myself at the age of 17, my worthiness completely was shot, right? When I was raped at 17. And right. now looking back, I can see where and how I ended up getting into the situation, into the relationships that I did with right. both the relationship with my husband. It took a lot of courage and bravery to go back to that 17 year old girl and to look at her and say, it's okay. Right. Healing. There is never a time in your life. And I want our listeners to hear this. And I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of us. It is never too late to go back and to look at those different parts of our life and to heal from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a question for you before we continue. Did you also then look back at the the mothering that um, that your mother had gone through that your did you look back at your grandmother and take a look at how she mothered your mother yes and I think my mom had a very hard life mm-hmm. and um, looking back you know she was uh, she got a scholarship to college uh, when women didn't weren't you know going to college at the time she was very very smart you know you look at that movie Beautiful Life about a schizophrenic um, which glorifies it a little bit. It was a lot more difficult than the movie projects living with a schizophrenic mom, because what really happens is that they, it all becomes about them because so you you're invisible. So you have to claim your visibility. You have to claim that you matter, not through their fault, but just that you weren't seen, heard and validated because that person had so much trauma in their life that they couldn't be there for you, even though they, I believe in my heart, my mom really loved me, but I never felt it because I was so scared of her. Right. Wow. Wow. So but, continue on then. And so you get diagnosed with cancer as well. And so I, yep. So I spent five years um, going through alternative methods. I wrote my book, Cancer as a Love Story, Developing the Mindset for Living. I was researching it as I was writing it. So I gave up five years of my life to write this book. and. What I learned, I trained with Dr. Joe Dispenza, a world-renowned neuroscientist, and I learned how to train my mind to heal my body. And so I have a daily practice of meditation, of my spiritual readings. Um, I meditate every day. I hike three to four times a week because hiking and being in nature is so good for us. Mind, body, spirit. Mind, body, spirit, people. Yes. So um, also, I think... What really is core for people to understand, and this is so much part of my coaching, is those subconscious limiting beliefs create the first seven years in life, run our lives. By age 35, we are a conditioned set of those beliefs. We are running from those beliefs. So if you want to change your life, you really do have to change those beliefs. Worthiness is one of them. Knowing you're enough, knowing you matter. And this is inner work. This is deep inner work. Mm -hmm. Um, But Tying in with the little girl. So one of the things I do when I have clients create a vision board, I use neuroscience in my vision board. It's not a typical vision board. I always have them put, I am worthy in capital letters because the brain sees best in capital letters. But I also have them put a picture of their little girl or their little boy on the vision board because you want that child to feel safe. Yeah. Safety is key. Feel safe in the new vision of your life. So you want to bring them along on the journey to have them there. 
to, I just want to back up really quick because I talk about vision boards in my book as well. And I, mm-hmm. I, I had to um, explain what a vision board is for those people that don't know. Okay. So would you like to do that for us? Just to sure. What a vision, sure. A vision board is a vision board. Pardon me? When you're having them do a vision board. I have them um, go to Staples or an office supply store and just get a poster board. I like about a quarter inch thick. It's better. Um, And then I have them create a vision of their ideal life. And I always start with this question, a very important question. What would your life look like if you knew you were worthy? Mm. And so then I ask them to find pictures. What do they want in their life? How do they see their life? But most important, the reason a vision board works when it works isn't that you get the specific picture that that manifests, although many of mine have. You have to get into the feeling of the end result. Yeah. The end result doesn't bring you the happiness. It's the feeling that does. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I encourage clients is to know that it, it's a process. Like I remember when I was uh, launching my book in Arizona where I lived at the time, I w- watched a musician playing on a stage and I said, that's where I'm going to launch my book. It was outside. That was so beyond my comfort zone at the time when I launched. So I had to train my brain to get ready for that, to see the outcome, but not just the outcome of being there, the feeling of what it's going to be like on a stage, sharing my heart centered mission of claiming your worthiness. Six months later, when I launched my book on that stage, that musician played. At oh my, book my signing. gosh. So, Girlfriend, that's awesome. So it was so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say about um, the cancer, just to bring it in and and also to tie it in with the vision board, you know, I see cancer as four C's. I don't like ever to be defined as a cancer survivor, uh, just that role, because I'm a much, I am who I am, not my disease, right? Right. Or my disease that I had. So I call the four C's. The first is curveball, which relates to trauma. We've all a curveball. When you had when you have a trauma, you have thrown a curveball. The next is callings. What are you going to do with your trauma or your cancer that is going to serve a purpose? Mm-hmm. Like I believe cancer is a wake up call to a new life. Mm-hmm. And then third is compassion. Whenever anybody used to say to me, oh, you know, if you didn't get divorced, you wouldn't have got cancer and all that, stop it. Stop right there. Have compassion that I had this. It was scary. It was terrifying. I had two teenage children at the time. And when you first get diagnosed, you don't know if you're going to live or die. The waiting to get what stage you are what you're, is, is really horrific. It's very, very scary. It's totally tra- traumatizing. Um, and then the last word is courage. It takes courage to do this inner work, as you know, and you must do it to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I recently asked my friend, um, I had had a little bit of a health scare. It's fine now. Um, recently. And I called her and talked to her about it because she's actually been through cancer twice. Um, and the breast cancer was the second time. And um, I asked her about that. I said, how do you, how do you live daily in your life? And, um, and she said, you know, it can be rather scary knowing that this is still there, right? There is something that, that I, you know, possibly might not be here next year. And it was an interesting, I I found it to be a, um, interesting conversation with her because none of us really do, right? Right. Like that's the point of living that none of us really do. And we all have our path and, 
my trauma, um, I mean, I thought I had a moment of suicide, of, of suicidal thoughts where I was, you know, like, right. okay, well, if I just get rid of this, if I just slam my car in and I talk about it in my book, like if I just slam my car into the side of the road, um, I don't have to live with this anymore. Right. right. And ultimately though, we are here to live and we are here, right. here to live out our best life possible. Right. And I have children. Right? right. And so, and I have friends and I have family and I want to be here for them. Right. Doing that deep. And I cannot stress to all of you listeners enough, doing that deep inner work is the biggest gift, not only for yourself, but it's for others that are in your life who you care about most. And the next generation, you're clearing generational work. I want to say something, Sarah, on what you just said, though, when you said, um, you know, you want to drive your car into the wall or something. Yeah. Um, a lot of us have a secret death, death wish when life gets hard. Oh, so, so there were three things um, underlying subconsciously cancer. It's self-hatred, which you have to heal. Yeah. Um, that secret death wish in the worthiness piece. Those three have to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. I credit my 17-year-old self in that moment of saying, you are worthy enough to get through this because we, you need to do it for me too. Right. My 17-year-old self had a lot of courage in her. And, Absolutely. And there was also a lot of healing that still needed to get done. Right. With me, my, I look at this, this second trauma in my life as a huge gift to my entire past because now I had an opportunity to look at that and to see it and to heal from it and to do that inner child work and to say, you are worthy enough to also, like you are a worthy 17-year-old girl. You right. need to be heard and it's time. Right. And right. It's, it, again, this is every day. And this right. So two things reminded of that. Yeah. I want to bring up the 17 year old girl um, and then back to your friend with the cancer. Once you have a breast cancer or any cancer diagnosis, you do live with a fair recurrence. I want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, you've lost a sense of innocence that you're immortal. Like you get that really clearly. It's smack in your face. So I really want to have love and compassion for anybody oh, that holds sure. that fear of recurrence because it's there. It's a daily challenge for many people. Um, even no matter how much work you do on yourself, it's always there at the back of your mind. So I just want to address that. And back to your 17-year-old girl. So part of one of my dreams for the, the worthiness, claim your worthiness, um, you know, portion of my business is to bring this work to 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds. When I think of most of the clients I coach, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, that are rewiring their brain, which I help them do. Right. Why aren't we giving this to a 17-year-old? Their parents went through divorce. Rather than play that out on all their future relationships, why, why not bring it to them now? And there's a couple key things about rewiring worth, worthiness, if I may share. Please. One is, great. I <laughs> one is you must have at least 20 minutes a day of me time mm -hmm. because you need stillness to rewire a new thought, a belief. Um, secondly, to reclaim your worthiness, you have to know you're worthy to live. Yeah. And we kept on going over that. Yeah. Um, it's very, very important. And surround yourself with people that elevate you. Mm -hmm. That's very key to reclaiming your worthiness. Yeah. Boundaries. Boundaries, people. Boundaries. Boundaries. Saying no. And saying no. And that ties into the breast cancer, too. The number one thing I will tell somebody diagnosed, as minute they get diagnosed, is to make themselves a priority. Mm -hmm. And Louise Hay used to say, when I say no to you, I say yes to me, yeah. and to make that your daily mantra. And a lot of people that get 
breast cancer are in the helping professions, teachers, nurses, therapists, coaches, because we are so giving. We give to others at the expense of ourselves. That has to change. We have to become number one to heal our, our bodies yeah. and our minds and our spirits. No is a full sentence. Yes. No is the end of a sentence. It, is. it really is. Yeah, that's it. You have to defend it, explain no. it. There it is. I've learned that word quite well, and I appreciate that word. You know, it's like, it's, it's okay to say no to people and to different things that come your way because it right. also opens up so many more possibilities in your life for yourself, which right. is very important. Loving yourself first, finding the worthiness for self first. That's why when I talk about forgiveness, we always start with self first. Right. Forgive yourself first, and then you can start to forgive other people, and then you can start to forgive the world. Right. Because everything starts with self. Right. And just back to the worthiness, two other things I wanted to add. One is um, tracking evidence of worthiness every day. The physical act of writing down that you experienced a higher level sense of worthiness rewires the brain to look for more. You want to guide the brain to create this new story. So physically writing down and how it shows up, for example, is I got an upgraded opportunity. I met a higher level person. Um, somebody um, gave me a compliment. Receiving compliments is really important. But letting in a new life story and tracking down when you do. You say, brain, go look for more of this. I like this. Right, right. And then the other thing is we know the first five minutes of the day and the last five minutes of the night are the most important times of the day to rewire the brain. So when you wake up in the morning, say, I allow myself to know I'm worthy. And the five minutes before you go to bed, say, I allow myself to know I'm worthy. And then during the day, you can have little stickies. I allow myself to know I'm worthy to receive. I allow myself to know I'm worthy to be celebrated. That's a really big one. And another huge one is I allow myself to be pleased because when you haven't felt worthy, right? That, that's a really big one. Yeah. When you haven't felt worthy, you're so used to disappointment that to train your brain to be pleased is a brand new story. So I'm going to share something with you, if I may. Please. Um, and this is why I share my own experiences because people need to understand that um, you work on this every day. I work on this every day, right? The continual process of rewiring your brain and retraining your brain to, um, to view things from a different perspective, right? And to also understand what, what's possible within our own life means we also have to continue to do that deep inner work. So I was on the trail, as we know, for 22 days and on the John Muir Trail. And there was a gentleman there who had lost his wife to cancer. Um, he was going to go home off the trail. I ended up meeting him on the trail, myself and the friend that I was hiking with. And um, when I met him, it was an opportunity for him to keep going. And so he ended up hiking with us. And he was going through the grief process of losing his wife. Um, I work on worthiness every day. And my retreat or my time on the trail during for me was about was about worthiness and about um, stepping into a next space of love in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing a lot of meditating around that. Meditating in nature is huge, you guys, because Absolutely. your brain is allowed to slow down. Our frontal lobe slows, our um, cerebellum rises. That's where we have clarity thoughts. We can actually view things differently within our life, and and it really it really gives your brain peace to actually absolutely go to that space of what do I want and who am I. 
and uh, I was doing a lot of meditating in nature over, over this piece. Um, he, I remember the moment, and this is, I'm sharing this because I want all of you to understand that, yes, even I work on this. I remember the moment where he went to go pick up my pack for me and to put it onto my back. My old self, that former self, right, immediately was like, I got this. Why are right. you putting my pack up for right. me? The, because I had been doing so much meditating in nature and, and also allowing my worthiness to continue to be worked on is, is because at that moment, that was that rewire, that shift immediately. Uh, wait a second. This feels really good to receive. Right. And what yeah. a great example, because <clears throat> I just loved how you explained that so well, because receiving also makes us vulnerable. Oh. We're not stoic. We're not strong. We have, you know, we are, you know, other parts of our lives, but receiving is also allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. And when we've been through trauma, we've been through breast cancer, we're reclaiming our worthiness. We might have pushed, push, push. It doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Can we say that one more time? It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work to push. It, it doesn't so, work. <laughs> I love your example of receiving and I love you. So even when I say I allow myself to know I'm worthy, all of it about allowing in, not not reaching or grasping for it. Worthiness is not reached or grasped for. It's in us. But I also like using the allow statement because if I say I am worthy, right? It's like I am worthy. Right. Allowing lets the bridge, let, lets the brain to form a bridge to accept that new belief that it hasn't had before. Right. It receives possibilities. It receives yeah. possibilities. And what's also cool about that is it receives possibilities that, that are bigger than what we even know. The like whole universe. <laughs> for us exactly right you were right. everybody's worthy of that stage and to have somebody else play for us that's and i really stress that every single person is worthy of that and right. allowing it to happen and to unfold and manifesting that in our life is huge it's the biggest gift we can give to not only ourselves but to those people around us but then also to the person who ultimately is giving you the gift to receive right. Right. Just pick a circle. Love is a full circle. Give and receive. Oh, right. Yeah. And so, and what's interesting is I had a conversation with Joe about this and I actually told him, I was very honest with him. I said, this is really hard for me. I want to let you know, because I typically am the person who is taking other people's packs. And so for me to be on this other end of receiving is such a gift. Thank right. you. And I actually did acknowledge that to him and said, thank you. And he said, listen, Sarah. And I mean, he was kind of, I mean, he was a little bit naw about this. And he said, it is such a gift for me to be able to step in that, this space again of giving to another woman to be able right. to say, let me put this pack on for you. Right. And so it really cracks open the heart of two people. It does. It is it does. so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Right. And even when I think of so many women I know now, uh, my clients and probably myself included, and maybe you too, that um, the strong stoic woman doesn't work in relationship, the kind of relationships we want with mm -hmm. true partners. You know, if a man says to me, I like you so much because you're strong, that's a red flag to me now. But before it felt great. No, I have a tender, soft part that I want to be acknowledged too. That stoic story is over. Yeah. Um, which reminds me of one other thing on the breast cancer piece or any cancer is to, I remember uh, three days before I had my lumpectomy, writing to my right breast and asking it what it had to teach me. Mm. It's a very powerful exercise to write to a body part and ask it what it has to teach you. 
And what it, the message I got was stop running. You don't have to be afraid anymore of your mom. Mm. I had been running my whole life. And it looked great on paper, you know, all the achievements. But inside was this little girl that was so tired of running. Yeah. But didn't know how to stop because it was no safe place until I built the home within myself to stop. Right. So really, uh, stop running was my message. And it's amazing when you write to your body how the wisdom of the body is so smart. And the other thing I want to say about your hiking, which relates to the cancer piece too, I love that you bring people out in groups. Yeah. Because what I learned from being in the Mind Body Program for Cancer, nationally renowned program at um, Mass General Hospital in Boston, was that those that are in a Mind Body Program versus a traditional support group can extend their longevity two to two and a half times beyond what was expected. And what I will tell somebody, and so just that they're in a group is so healing. It's huge. And then the other thing is for young women, especially uh, now as they're going out in the world, uh, we also know statistically that those that have friends, four to 10 friends, have a lower risk of getting cancer. So build that network of four to 10 friends. Yeah, It's really important. So I think this whole solo journey doesn't work. No, I agree with you. And I, uh, my, for my own self, um, I was in a support group. I had <clears throat> a coach and a therapist during my trauma recovery. And I also had a support group. And I remember the day when I sat down in that support group and took up the entire session. Talk about allowing myself to be held yes. in a space and for me to receive that when typically I'm that person of like, no, 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 you go. It's okay. It's okay. Right. It's okay. I don't want to take up the whole time. Um, and just was held space for that hour and a half for me to cry and say, I need to leave him. And this is what I've come to. And right. it was my realization of, of divorce of, 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 that was my transformation. I had so many transformational moments, but that was one of them. I would not have had that had I not have had the support within with these other humans that were around me. Right. Huge. And I've had that so many times. I believe so deeply in community and connection. Absolutely. It's one of the most important things that we have in our own healing process, but simply in life. Right. But I've added another word to that. And it's actually my word for 2020 is alignment. Oh, yeah. And, and I want to be aligned with people that are committed to living an elevated life mm -hmm. um, and doing this courageous inner work. But you can be in a support group where people want to talk over and over again about the trauma or the cancer. I'm very specific about being with people that have a higher vision beyond that. They see the gift in their trauma, drama, whatever happened. Uh, we acknowledge with love and compassion, the trauma and the cancer. It's scary. But also you want to have a mindset for creating a new life and you want to be around with people that are aligning with that mindset. I'm so glad that you said that because I have noticed, for example, in a lot of Facebook groups mm -hmm. that I'm in um, only because I was in and I still pop in just to see what's happening, that it can take a very fast downward spiral right. of pulling you back into the rabbit hole. If right. you start feeling those same trauma symptoms or those symptoms, for example, like when you're in recovery from um, health or whatever it is, when you start to feel those, those feelings of um, where you're being pulled down into the rabbit hole, get out. Right. 
get out. It's okay to put yourself first and get out. Right. Choose another way. And that way is feeding the light within you. Right. And allowing others to feed the light within you as well. Right. And in general, to change our life stories, and this is based on my work training with Dr. Joe Dispenza, it's a, um, a clear intention plus an elevated emotion is how we change our energy. And But a lot of people don't know what an elevated emotion is. So right. I just like to name a couple of them, right? Please go for it. So when I wake up in the morning after I do my spiritual practice and meditate, I'll, sometimes I'll go out for a walk or a hike, but I'm playing uh, the song Happy or I'm playing um, um, It's a Beautiful Morning by the Rascals, just you know, having it pump me up. Right. So it's really important. But here are some elevated emotions to focus on. Joy. Mm. You can start the day and say, I intend to have a joyful day. I'm going to find joy in something. It could be a bird singing. It could be uh, a cloud going through, but where do you find your joy? Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. is another elevated emotion. Other words are awe. When you go out, and I'm sure you see it all the time on your awe. hiking trails, yeah. the awe and wonder of life and beauty, that in itself is healing. And you can get yourself into this every day, no matter what you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, excitement is another one. Uh, fear and excitement feel the same in the body. So when you're, when you're going into a new situation, sometimes we can feel fearful when actually we're really excited. Like I was really excited to do this interview with you today. <laughs> I just knew we were going to have a very meaningful conversation. Okay, conversation. I don't want it to end. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the other big one is, as you know, is gratitude. And um, we can always find something to be gra- grateful for. Yeah. And, and gratitude really does help keep us in an elevated state. Yeah. Well, two things I want to say, um, you know, for those that don't know, Brene Brown has done a lot of work around gratitude and gratitude leads to joy. Leading a grateful life every day um, allows yourself to step into your joyful space. And then the other thing is, uh, awe is the most important. It's the, one of the most, well, it is the most important um, emotion that we can feel over anything that will transcend your life. So that's why when I'm you know, leading people in the Grand Canyon and, and I watch them and they're in that awe and wonder state. They're, you can actually, I, well, because I've done this work, um, can see them transcend, right? Transcend their stories and transform. And it's literally transforming their body, right? right. Allows them to, because the state of awe and wonder also releases the PTSD. It begins to heal your body. And so right. you can actually see their body shift. If it's their, their shoulders will start to um, release. You can right. see the smile come on their face. Your body also shows when you are in that happy state or when you are releasing the trauma from your, from the cells. And so right. it's really cool to witness on my end because I right. was there. Right. What also it does, and it's the name of my next book, Space for Grace, but um, what it also does is when you're hiking, it gives you that space for, for grace to come in and give you an answer, an insight that you didn't know in your everyday life. And one of the things I know from my healing journey, you know, I moved from Boston to Arizona after I got cancer, just had to change the story. But changing our environment sometimes is really key to changing the story. So every time you take them out on the trails, you're helping them change the environment, which gives us brand new perspective, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. I love healing. I just think it's the most amazing space to step into. Right. It, that's like, I look at it as such a gift. Right. It's such a gift. 
And we don't just heal for ourselves. Once we heal ourselves, we impact the whole world. We're bringing our light to the whole world, to the next generation, to all the people around us. So it's worth the journey. The other thing, because you have a book coming out on forgiveness, um, which I can't wait to read. So if I'm repeating what's in your book, I just want to share one exercise that was really important to me in my healing from cancer. I'd love to talk about forgiveness with you. Okay. (laughs) Um, in addition to being sh- sh- shaken by some of my uh, shamans and other healers that had their hands on my body about, are you going to claim your worthiness to live? Do you know you're worthy to live? The next thing is, are you ready to forgive? Yeah. And, and that was literally shaken out of my body, like really wow. like on a table until I said, yes, 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 yes. And so one of the exercises, exercises I did is with um, Dr. Hugh Len. Is he in your book? No, he's not. No. Okay. I did this exercise with my ex-husband and I have since learned that it's done in hospice too. um, When people are dying. So what's really important about this is we don't want to wait till the end of life to say these words. And often people do. And that's when they release somebody. So, so I met my ex-husband on the deck of my, my home at the time. I asked him to meet me there after I learned this, after being on the table um, doing physical healing. And so the first was, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he said it to me. And then we hugged. It's still a journey. It didn't, you know, did not, that deck didn't change everything, but it created an opening. And another time when I had a issue with somebody I was in a financial agreement with that didn't work out, we met like six months later and did this exercise and cried in each other's arms. Oh, wow. So it's, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot in my book about um, when we forgive others, we, are, we, we don't know how they are going to receive it. And that's okay. It's not, you're not right. doing it for them. You're doing it right. for yourself. And so a lot of people really get upset because they're like, well, they're not going to accept my, they're not going to, they may not accept my forgiveness or, um, they, you know, they're not, they're not going to change. Right. And so it's not about changing the other person. It's not about changing their thoughts. It's not about changing who they are, even their actions. That's why I talk about boundaries in my book and how Mm -hmm. we set boundaries when we are forgiving somebody, because you're not. You're not here to change another person. Right. We'll never fix another person, by the right. way. Right. So if anybody Absolutely. thinks they're going to, you're not, you can never force somebody to love you. Right. Or to see you how you want to be seen. What you right. can do is allow yourself to forgive another person so that you can ultimately live the life that you choose. Absolutely. Of the pain and the things that are happening. Right. So I love that exercise. I love it. Um, when I went through the process of forgiving my husband and, and I also stress this to everybody, which you also mentioned, forgiving somebody is every single day. Right. It, it is your mom who was, you know, who, who didn't treat you the way that you deserve to be treated and needed to be treated or whomever it is, those that have passed away, those that are here in our present day, it's a constant work every single day. But when I also say work, it's not a struggle. Right. A lot of times people look at work and they equal it to struggle. I look at work and I equal it to play, to be honest with you. Right. I don't even consider what I'm doing in this world, this world as like work because it's passion and passion. It's your mission. It's my mission. Right. And so 
right? And yeah, I can totally tell it exuberates out of you. Um, right. And when I did this with my husband, it was uh, it was very intentional, which I also talk about in the book. And um, it's something that we work on every day. I have boundaries set. Does he break, break, break the boundaries? Yes, he does. And so mm-hmm. that's why I also have to continuously shift my boundaries and also go back to forgiveness. Right. I do not want to be that person. And this goes back into the support piece as well. Find those people who support you on your journey because I do not live my life in anger. I never have. Right. I never will. I knew right. the moment that he told me about his things, the moment he told me everything, I said, I need a divorce. I want a divorce and I will forgive you someday. Right. I at that moment, I couldn't. It's a process. It's right. a process. But I think you said earlier, and I just love this, we also have to bring ourselves into the forgiveness process. Heck yeah. And one simple exercise that you can do, and again, it's to claim your worthiness too, is just, you know, learn to give yourself a hug. Like, oh, I do hands, that. I about that your, book. <laughs> yeah, put your hands <laughs> over your chest and just give yourself a hug and rock side to side. Yes. And, and with love and compassion, like say to yourself, or to your little girl or your little boy, I'm so sorry you had to go through this. Yeah. This was so hard. It hurt so much. We can't skip over that piece. And when I think of the law of attraction, for example, it's missing this piece. Yeah. You don't go from A to B. This piece has to be addressed. The, the, the inner child has to be acknowledged for what it went through. That's why in my book, it's seven steps to forgiveness and the forgiveness is the seventh step. There are six steps to really deepening yourself mm-hmm. because I say the same thing. You cannot go. That's why I said to him that day, I will forgive you someday. And I right. believe that that was my 17 year old subconscious self speaking in that moment. I don't even right. think it was me because I was so detached. I was so um, frozen from the PTSD right. of understanding and or not even under, but just hearing everything. Right. And you in or you can't jump from A to all of a sudden you hurt me so bad. Okay, I forgive you. Right. When you're doing that, you're not you're not learning from the process. You're not learning from the experience. You're also not acknowledging and honoring what you are going through and how right. right. it's cancer, if it's if right. it's trauma, whatever it is. I just I, love what you just said about the acknowledging piece because what we all long for and we all deserve back to the worthiness piece. Yeah is to be seen, heard, validated, and acknowledged. Yeah. And so beautiful. I want everybody to please, I'm going to actually, this is going to be my little uh, homework assignment to everybody. Hug yourself after this. Take a moment and put your arms around yourself and hug yourself. And close your eyes. And I, I did this recently in a post. I said, your heart picked you. Your heart picked you. It did not pick me. There's a reason that your heart picked you. Right. And the heart was the very first thing that was put into your body for a reason. Right. Right. And can I add something to that? Yes, please. And then as they're hugging themselves and acknowledging their own heart and their own gifts, say, I allow myself to know I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. We were born worthy. It's there. We are born whole. It's there. We're just reclaiming it and it can be reclaimed. It absolutely can be reclaimed. Yeah. You are amazing. And wow. so are you. <laughs> you are. I just like, I love my soul sisters. I love, and my soul brothers. I love it. Like I love when I can have these conversations because we've also, you know, we've been there and, and right. I always tell everybody too. Um, if you're looking at somebody and you're hearing somebody and you're saying, 
yeah, yeah, that's great. You're so inspiring. That's great that you got there. Just remember that we are simply a reflection of where you also have the opportunity to go and to be. Absolutely. I love that. That's all we are. Right. I I say we're mirrors. We could be healthy mirrors for a new beginning because you cannot do this work alone. You need someone to mirror back to you because when we do, when we try to do the work alone, all we're doing is repeating the past, what we know. We need somebody else to help us see a different way of being, an expanded way of being, because we've been through it. So we know what the expansion looks like. Yes. Um, yeah. I just want to say um, a quick couple practical tips on Please. breast cancer, for, because next month, I mean, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and for young women especially, um, a thermogram is very helpful over a mammogram when you're young. So you're not using the radiation and um, they can research that. But also um, take your cell phones off your chest and out of your bra. Oh, please. It just makes me want to cringe. It just, oh, every time I see this. Oh, right. Get your cell phone out of your bra, please. Please. And no underwire bras. We don't want any metal near our chest. Mm. Yeah, this one I did not know. Explain Yes. This. You don't want any metal, just like the cell phone has the, you know, whatever the, whatever it has on it. Right, you don't right. want any metal. So there's beautiful bras that are not underwire that have the same lift as underwire. So you want get rid of underwire bras. I um, just want something new. Yeah. No deodorants. No deodorants with aluminum in them. Yeah. Um, it'd be really important with all your hikers and things like don't use any aluminum. And again, back to the forgiveness piece. Um, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so honored to have you here. And um, so, so you wrote, tell us a little bit about your book, please. I want you to talk about your book. I want to talk about where we can find you. We're going to have to continue this conversation. And I have thoughts as are running through my mind and my heart right now. I can see another conversation happening. Oh, I'm, I know. I already know where I'm going to be bringing you in. So yes. Okay. Great. This is, this is never an end. This is a beginning. So okay. tell us a little bit about um, your book, where we can find you, and this upcoming book that you're writing as well. This is exciting. Yeah. Okay, so my, um, my book is called Cancer as a Love Story, Developing the Mindset for Living. It can be found on uh, cancerasalovestory.com or also on my website, claimyourworthiness.com. Okay. Claimyourworthiness.com was just launched in June uh, based on eight in-depth years of teaching. Um, somebody had to claim their worthiness. Um, there's a video on the book page by Dr. Christian Northrup, internationally renowned uh, doctor specializing in women's health and wellness. She has endorsed the worthiness message of my book and showcased, showcased my book for 5.5 minutes. So you can go look at that on the products page of Claim Your Worthiness. Um, Space for Grace is in the works. It was supposed to be part of that book and I took it out. So I'd like to have that conversation for another day. It's a spiritual angle, but um, we all have time to make room for space for grace. And so all I'll just say is make sure you have that me time every day, the 20 minutes and just ask grace what it has, what gifts it has to offer you, what it wants you to do and just listen. Um, So yeah, cancer is a love story. Um, the other thing about the book that's really different than any book out there, and I know it, I've done my research and, and the people that have endorsed it, it's endorsed by Harvard professors, it's endorsed by leading doctors. I'm told it's a great balance between conventional and alternative. It's not either or, it's a both and. 
Um, also, it talks about using energy as medicine to heal your body. And even Dr. Oz said in 2017 that energy as medicine is the new frontier. So I really walk people through in layman's terms, understanding. And the people that have read my book, most of the reviews on Amazon are from men. And they tell me that it helped them through retirement or divorce or career change, that I really lead people through the internal process of change. And I tell it like a story. So you don't feel like you're reading medical information. Even the uh, Dr. Ann Webster, who was the director of the Mind Body Program at Mass General, she just said, a must have for anybody with cancer, a family member with cancer, and you will not be overwhelmed. I mean, I open it with a, a story of telling my kids. And so you feel like you're in my heart through the whole story. I'm extremely vulnerable, but there's, and it's, there's sidebars of tips. So you can just flip through that because somebody newly diagnosed um, does not want to read a lot of technical, technical information. So I spent five years synthesizing it into bullet items. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're traumatized, your brain changes and literally shifts. And it's very right. difficult for us, for many people in trauma, right. to traumatized to even right. be. So, yeah. And I just want to share, if I could, at the end, Absolutely. Um, my gift of cancer, which is the mantra I live by. And I think it's yours too, maybe a little bit, but right. say yes to life, yeah. all of it, the good, the bad, and especially the mystery unfolding. Oh. Stop trying to control so much and hear the whispers of guidance, which is what I call again in my book, Space for Grace. Embrace the lessons, especially those hard earned, and celebrate the victories towards becoming your best self. Now is all we have. You can choose what you let in and what you release. And when in doubt, always choose love, love for self and love for others. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Yes, that's exactly how I live my life. Thank you. Wow. I'm so happy to have had you on. It's been a delight to share this meaningful conversation with you. Absolutely a delight. I know that our listeners are going to love this. And so I appreciate your, um, you doing the work so that you can also guide others through their healing because it's you're a gift. You're an absolute gift in this world. Thank you. And just one other thing. Don't be scared by the title of the book, Cancer is a Love Story. It's a journey for anybody that's been thrown a curveball and wants to transform their lives. Yeah. And plus, I think, you know, the other thing is that I just want to also say, we all know somebody that has had cancer that has, um, you know, or if, if it's not us that's dealing with it, we all know someone. And so I think that that right there makes it a very pertinent um, book to read mm -hmm. and I, I have some fun stories in there about you know sailing afterwards and people who helped me so you feel like you're sitting with somebody having a cup of tea and you're learning about their journey Ooh, that's beautiful yeah. i love it i love it and i'm just gonna say take it outside and read it when you're sitting underneath the tree <laughs> great idea you know i always love that i was like throwing like take it outside you guys take it outside and read it underneath the tree go back to what you did when you were a child <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely thank you for being here and we oh, will thank you so much sarah i am so thrilled to have had you on it's been a delight to be here thank you so much for this wonderful deep meaningful conversation oh so much love friends thank you for listening to the live boldly podcast i am grateful to have you here and i would love to invite you over to sarah schulting crayon's Dot com to grab my free 
Seven Steps to a Joy-Filled Life. I share these seven steps from my own heart, soul, and experience. These steps transformed my own life from victim to survivor. Also, please, let's all be a ripple effect of change in today's world. I ask of you to please share this podcast with others that may need to be inspired or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review, go to my Instagram or Facebook page, and let me know what you think. I love hearing from each and one of you. I love sharing your thoughts, messages, and inspiring words. Because we are not alone in this world, friends. Let's keep the ripple moving. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great remainder of your day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.